Hello, everyone. This is Erica Spicer-Mason with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm pleased to be joined by our guest today, Michael McLean, the founder and managing member at Left Coast Healthcare Advisors. Michael, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. We're thrilled to have you. And to get us started here, can you just share a little bit more about yourself and your role in organization? Sure. And and anyone who knows me uh, has heard me say that I'm kind of the kid who didn't know what he wanted to do when he grew up. You know, I started life as a hospitalist PA. I've been an ASC administrator, hospital CEO, etc. And now I find myself uh, as the, the founder and managing member for Left Coast Healthcare Advisors. Uh, we're a, a small uh, but growing consulting firm really focused on operations and management in the ambulatory surgery space. Um, our consultants are, are professional operators that help hospitals, ASCs, medical groups take their ambulatory as a surgery vision from concept to reality. So it's I'm excited to be here and thanks for asking. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned that you specialize in the ambulatory surgery space and it's really an exciting time for ASCs. You know, they're seeing a lot of growth right now, but with growth, of course, comes challenges too. So to get us started, I was hoping you could share with us what you're seeing as some of the key business or operational hurdles in this space. And maybe you could even share a few examples as well. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's probably easiest if we steal a little bit of terminology from the retail space. Uh, and talk a little bit about same store growth and challenges, opportunities versus new store growth. You know, same store in an ASC land, really we're thinking service line expansion um, versus physician expansion where you're adding more services, more docs, uh, more people, or even new facilities. So when we talk about same store growth, the, some of the challenges that we are seeing are really based on capacity. If we're trying to do service line growth, can you add more to your existing space? You have the appropriate resources. Uh, we know that there's all sorts of challenges in the labor environment, that we're having higher acuity cases. And this is particularly tough as you're trying to grow within an existing space. You know, contrast that with sort of that new store growth or physician and service expansion beyond your physical walls. You know, the cost of capital has never been higher and we don't have uh, really effective interest rates to help with that. So that cost of capital, when combined with the flexibility that it takes from your existing physician teams and, and understanding that risk tolerance is, is creating some challenges. The business is there to grow, but when you combine that rise in acuity, reimbursement that continues to be pretty static, and the fact that some of the traditional competitors in the space, like hospitals, uh, or even other ASCs are starting to become partners all at the same time, it is never more important than now to really continuously monitor your existing business's health and be prepared to respond, to pivot, and to ask for help early if needed. We like to think of it as doing wellness checkups, just like an ASC H&P. Uh, you've got to constantly be checking your business and be prepared to change. That's how you manage growth. That's so insightful. Thank you, Michael. And I think it's really interesting how you are kind of comparing these 
assessments and assessing the health of the organization to a checkup. Um, so I'm wondering if you can just say a little bit more about why and how ASCs should assess their health and sustainability, and what does that process really look like? Sure. You know, at, at my core, I'm still a clinician, and I think like a cl clinician. And so from a background, there's no one indicator that really indicates overall health. You need a comprehensive view. Just like with your own personal health, you can't just look at weight or cholesterol or blood sugar or A1C in a vacuum. You need to compare it. You know, a great example is we see a lot of ASCs that look at uh, distributions or cash and profitability. That's a great metric to look at, but that all by itself can be a late indicator of trouble. For example, if your cash distributions drop, uh, you've already got a problem you need to fix. So looking at more than just the, the top line and bottom line on a continuous basis helps. So we talk about it in terms of really you know, establishing a culture of continuous readiness uh, and accountability so that you have this comprehensive programs to monitor performance. And we have a term for that. Um, you know, we call it strategic performance reporting. Uh, but really, it's creating a balanced scorecard for your facilities that you're looking at all the time. And we'll talk more about the planning piece. But planning is critical because you have to plan or else you won't do and we're going to really hit on that here in a few minutes. But strategic performance reporting. In our experience, there's really five areas that ASCs really need to focus on. The first being facility and physical plant. What's the bones of the ASC? People and staffing always matter. And that includes physicians. Operating financials and reimbursement, this is probably the thing that ASCs are most comfortable looking at as well as clinical wellness and doing uh, wellness checkups around patient experience, patient feedback, et cetera. And then growth targets, having an actual measurement of growth. For many years as ASCs, we've just kind of taken growth as it comes along instead of setting a goal or a target and then measuring ourselves against that target. Are we hitting our three or 5% goal? Have we added two new physicians, et cetera? So when you take the, that in its whole, that strategic performance reporting concept or, or those wellness checkups, if you will, you end up coming up with just a few buckets of ways to look at that. And uh, you know, when you think about the process, the process really is a mixture of self-checks, you know, things that you're doing internally on your own, the administrator, the business office manager, the medical director, clinical operational kind of stuff, dashboards. That's the uh, typical self-check. But there's also third parties that play a role. And we'll talk about third parties more in a minute. But third parties from everything from consulting groups like us, or maybe RevCycle or, or coding uh, organizations, something like the Coding Network, there's always a third party assistance that can be real valuable. And that's not including the third party accreditation you know, AAAHC, Joint Commission, et cetera. And then finally, there's those things that the state and federal government mandates, pharmacy, OSHA, CMS, state licensing, all those different types of checkups. It's important to understand them, to map them out, to build them into a schedule so that you're utilizing those to help continuously check on your own health and wellness as a business. 
Thanks, Michael. It's really helpful how you broke all of that down, the strategic performance reporting. And, you know, when I consider, when I think about all those five areas that you mentioned from facilities to growth targets, if an organization is really looking at this comprehensive view, I'm sure when they're doing those assessments, problem areas will arise, um, you know, even for the strongest organization. So can you say what you recommend ASCs address or how do you recommend that they address these problem areas that they might identify during the checkups? And can you describe what those best next steps look like? You bet. And, and you're absolutely right is even the best organizations run into to challenges or opportunities. And it goes back to what I said earlier, that planning is key for this. If you don't plan it, you won't do it. So building a calendar, building the scheduled checkups, both your self-checkups and any contracted third-party checkups, building that into a calendar of events, adding it to your board meetings and minutes, adding it to your staff meeting and minutes to help hold you and your teams accountable. Uh, because if it's in writing, it's awfully hard to skip it. You know, some some examples of those, just to give a couple of quick pieces, is that, you know, maybe you've working on payer contracting and you're not sure you're getting paid appropriately. Uh, you know, we mentioned coding audits, rev cycle audits, even mock surveys. Those kind of tools, uh, both internal and external, whether you pay a third party or you do it yourself, are gonna are gonna bring up concerns. Uh, you're gonna identify opportunities to make a change. And I think that's where understanding when to reach out for help is really important. And so, you know, in our mind, we always recommend that either quarterly or annually, and it sort of depends on the size business, you should always think about using a, 30, a third party when either your knowledge, your time, or your experience is in short supply meaning it's really important to protect your time as a leader in an ambulatory surgery center. Time is the thing you probably are the shortest on. And so you may want to and may need to pay for that expertise or pay for the time savings that allows you to stay focused on the big picture and not buried in the details. You know, some of the triggers that we find that, that help you determine when's the right time to seek outside help? Well, when incidental findings or abnormal outcomes become a trend, you know, everybody's permitted a few RCAs here and there. You don't want them, but it happens. Everybody's gonna find something they didn't plan on. But when that switches from a finding to repeated findings or it becomes a trend, that's a great flag to ask for outside help. If you have self-disclosures required, you're working with AAAHC, or a state organization that requires you to self-disclose findings, and you're within a year of your future survey, that's a great time to hire someone from the outside to come in and help. Because any self-disclosed findings on one of those regulatory organizations is likely to be an area of focus when the survey comes. I think there's also, if you're having consistent inability to meet state or federal organizational benchmarks or targets, and everybody says you should be having an infection rate of X and yours is two or three times that, great time to pick up the phone uh, and ask for help. And then finally, and, and while this seems obvious, I think it's a good reminder, anything that could show up on a front page 
of a magazine, of a newspaper, show up on a blog post. If there's something that you identify in your regular checkups that you're like, ugh, I don't want anybody to find out about this, great time to get a professional to kind of help come in. Because again, ASC administrators are professional firefighters. They already have multiple full-time jobs. At least I did when I was it. Maybe I just wasn't as good as others. But, you know, cost is a factor, but so is that time. So not being afraid to find a resource. And honestly, it's much cheaper to find a third-party resource on your timeline versus the threat of a, of a sanction, a plan of correction, et cetera. I think the last thing that's so important is how to ask for help and who you ask for help, you know, and you should always start with those services that are already contracted first. Talk to your management companies if you have them and hold them accountable. You know, if you're paying a fee to an outside firm, make sure they're giving you the resources that you need. A lot of times vendors can provide great resources for maybe challenges with billing a particular type of implant or a particular type of service. And then there's always state and local professional organizations like your local ASC association, but there's a value in going outside the market and asking for service experts who have long-term ASC specific expertise in the area that you're trying to uh, seek help in. And there's all sorts of examples of those companies. We're one. There's lots of these uh, of really highly qualified firms. I think the key is is if you're on the phone or you're on a call or you're doing a, a webinar, and that individual company or service in the first meeting that you have with them, if they can't give you confidence that they're they can solve the problem that you're dealing with, find another. Uh, don't try to force a square peg in a round hole. Uh, uh, an excellent service company will say exactly what they can do and what they can't do right up front. Uh, if you're getting the feeling that you're not getting the help you want, move on. This is such great advice, Michael. And just the examples you gave are really illuminating. And I love how pragmatic these steps are, you know, starting from once a problem is identified and keeping yourself accountable with monitoring those issues. And then so importantly, not just knowing when to ask for help, but how to reach out for help, I think is going to be really helpful for our listeners. Um, so thank you for that. So kind of tying all of this up together, you know, what outcomes can ASCs expect if they use this assessment strategy and how might they also apply some of these concepts that we've talked about to other areas of their business? Well, I think when you talk about outcomes, it's important to remember what the goal is. You know, the goal is to balance uh, a risk reduction or risk avoidance and financial expense and while holding yourself and your own business accountable. And so, you know, what should they be able to expect? Expect to use a mixture of internal and external audits and then use those uh, audits to tie back to your financial performance. You know, our, our experience is, is that an ASC that has this culture of continuous compliance, those facilities actually spend far less time doing things like plans of corrections, RCAs, fallout reports, you name it. They spend less time on, on solving problems that they identify. Instead, they, they move that time, your most valuable commodity as a leadership team, 
into continuous purposeful improvement. And so that proactive change is and growth versus spending all your time reacting to what you find. And so our experiences is that with these most successful ASCs, and what, what do I call a successful ASC? One that's profitable, one that's clinically superior, one that has highly engaged staff and is always growing. Those facilities are the ones that relentlessly challenge themselves to be better. Uh, that they're not afraid to look into, you know, every corner of their facility, whether it's physical plant, how they deal with patients, pain control, scheduling, they're unafraid to look and change and adapt. And that creates a much more engaged workforce and our experience, a much more uh, positive experience for patients, physicians, and staff. And those tend to be the most profitable ASCs as well. So I think that when you really leverage this strategy, not only do you get growth, uh, but you get engagement and you get the financial benefits that that come along with having an outstanding organization. Yeah, thanks, Michael. It really speaks to the benefits of taking a proactive versus a reactive stance. And so kind of going off of that, moving forward, what should ASC leaders really consider doing that is often missed? It might be that proactive versus reactive mindset, but maybe there's more to it. It, it is, but I think it really goes back to the, you know, we've said planning a couple of times, really schedule and hardwire that mixture of self-checks outside third-party reviews, and then document the daylights out of it. You know, add that schedule of wellness checkups and the results to your board meetings and minutes and agendas. You know, that way the board gets used to hearing, oh, this month we're doing X. Oh, next month we're going to do this. It gets them engaged, not just in the business of the ASC, but in all the tools of self-checks. Um, you know, use those wellness checkups to drive your QAPI projects. You know, this isn't in addition to your work. This is the work. And so there's nothing that says a, a quality assessment performance improvement project has to be clinical. It's fine to do it with RevCycle. It's fine to do with contract compliance. Uh, just document, document. And then again, while small wins matter, our experiences, if you're hesitant or reluctant to dig deeper in something, that's probably just the right place to start and seek help. Because if it's an uncomfortable area, whether it's uncomfortable to look at or uncomfortable to try to fix, it probably means you've got growth opportunities there. And that's also a great time to ask for some help. Oh, such great advice. Thanks again, Michael. Before we close here, is there anything else that you think our audience should know that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I, you know what I think it is? This is this is my favorite phrase, and I would love for everybody in the ASC industry to take this. It wasn't mine. I borrowed it from a, a nurse manager I used to work with. It's called volunteering. You know, you create a culture uh, of continuous improvement by including everyone in the organization. So that means utilizing clinical and non-clinical staff, utilizing your physicians, not just the administrator or the quality leader. So you ask for volunteers, and sometimes you have to volunteer people. But you you use the folks to get frank and candid feedback. You know, everything from, you know, have suit your business office manager in scrubs and have he or she behind the red line and walk through the facility, look up, look down, look left and right. I guarantee you 
that person will see things that you miss every single day because it's new to them. And so you really want to bring in that, that potential best practice by using new eyes on your existing problems. And then finally, just don't be afraid to ask someone else for their process, because I guarantee you someone is always doing something better than you are. Uh, always, no matter how good you are, somebody else is doing it just a little better. So ask for help, whether it's internal or external, it's a great thing. Uh, but yeah, volunteering, love it. Everybody needs to play a role in this. It can't just sit on the shoulders of the administrator. Yeah, absolutely. And just that theme of inclusivity, I'm sure helps with staff engagement, which I know you noted earlier is so important. So once again, very sound advice. Thank you so much, Michael, for your time and your responses today. You bet. And thank you for having me. Oh, it was a pleasure having you. We'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor today, Left Coast Healthcare Advisors. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.